0: Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. I'm the founder of the Miller Law Group and director at the Center for Understanding and Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And my guest today is Lisa Cheatham. She is a transformational life coach who works with high achieving women who are transitioning through divorce to help them gain confidence, to step into their power and claim their life back. Welcome, Lisa. It's a pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Catherine. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: And I know that one of the things that you help people deal with is divorcing a narcissist. So is that right? Yes. That's something that's getting a lot of uh, play these days, you know, dealing with a narcissistic personality disorder. And maybe for our listeners, you could just tell us what that is and and why it's problematic.
1: Uh, Well, being with a narcissist is really a traumatic experience. Initially, it's just very confusing because initially, a lot of times, they'll do what they call love bombing and moving too quickly, being very charming and charismatic, and they prey on people who have low self-esteem and confidence, and people are drawn to them because of their charismatic personalities and how charming they are, and they feel, they're made to feel like they're a part of something so much more important. And it's really just a game playing with your mind. And it's just very traumatic for anybody who's in a a relationship with a narcissist.
0: And how do people know if they're in a relationship with a narcissist?
1: Well, some things that are good things to look out for, some red flags. Again, if somebody is coming on too strong in the beginning, they're really moving very quickly in the relationship at first. They make you feel like everything revolves around you and it feels like it's too good to be true, but they keep reaffirming these feelings and they just really do a great job of getting into your mind and very quickly moving forward. They also, things you can look out for is they need constant attention and praise all the time. It's like filling a bucket with holes in it. So, you're constantly giving to this person and like filling their bucket. And imagine like just water just falling out of the bottom of the bucket. It just needs to constantly be refilled. They often have a sense of self importance and entitlement that's just way beyond what you'd see in a normal person. <laughs> they have a very hard time taking others' feelings into consideration and they really lack empathy and they view people as objects i think that you could just look at how they treat other people or how they talk about their exes or other people because they really tend to be very nasty and put them down and make the other person seem like they were really crazy and they put them down to bring themselves up so just some red flags to look out for yeah.
0: You know, it sounds really interesting because if you're, if you are a person with low self-esteem and it can feel like being like classically swept off your feet. Exactly. And that all of that neediness and it, and it sort of feels it's showered on you like that, you know, you are the center of the universe. So it's easy to give back in the beginning, that kind of attention because you are getting so much attention from the narcissist. Is that right? Right.
1: And it often feels like the perfect relationship and it feels too good to be true. And that is just a classic sign. Like, you can't believe how lucky you are. If that happens really quickly, I would take a step back and listen to your intuition. From what's going on here? Well, if
0: it happens really quickly, but you're in the midst of this, I mean, like, how do? How, when does it turn? I mean, that sounds great. I mean, for a while. I mean, but it, it sounds like what you're saying is that there comes a point where it's not so great.
1: Right. and. What I've seen typically is this could last up to six months, sometimes even a little bit longer. So it's a lot of time you're investing already in this relationship. And then all of a sudden it could just change overnight and you are shocked. Like, what just happened here? And then you start questioning yourself and your own sanity. It's like, wait a minute, this isn't the person I know. And you give them a second chance because you've had so much time with this person and you've seen what they have been and how wonderful things can be. And then it's just chasing and it's just chasing what you had once before. And it's never going to be the same. It just gets worse and worse. And they have a great way of manipulating and keeping you in that situation because they still need you. They still want you for something.
0: So after six months or so, the tide turns and all of a sudden this person is not showering you with so much love and at the same time demanding that you shower him or her with attention and love and are highly critical, it sounds like, when they're not getting their their needs met in the way that they were.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. And, you know, you'll have high hopes and think that things are going to change, but the narcissist will demand you know, your attention and you start being more aware of your faults and even the ones that don't exist. So everything is your fault. So if you get a narcissist upset about something, it all changes and twists and turns until it's back on you and you're thinking you did something wrong and that, okay, let me try and do something better this time. And you're constantly trying to please this narcissist.
0: Okay. Well, so what happens to people? How do they end up like staying in these relationships once once the tide turns and they realize it's not going to get better?
1: Well, the whole thing is when it comes down to the confidence and self-esteem. So, you had an inf- you were inflated and your self-esteem and confidence was inflated during this first 6 months and you had this incredible euphoric feeling. And you're constantly chasing after that feeling again and knowing that you can have it with this person. But once you start realizing that this is becoming a cycle and, you know, you start questioning your sanity and your feelings of loneliness and isolation and you've lost yourself again, you know, you've lost yourself and you start having trust issues with yourself. You don't even trust your own judgment anymore anymore.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you feel like you did something wrong to cause this person to act in a different way. And the fact that you can't seem to get back there must be about you not about them.
1: Exactly. Yeah. They've exercised complete control over you and they will significantly disempower you in every way. And it's an extremely traumatic experience.
0: So what happens, Lisa Chitin, when you do go to break up or divorce a narcissist? What's that like?
1: So breaking up or divorcing a narcissist, it could go two different ways. A lot of people don't realize that, first of all, getting through and over a relationship that has any kind of abuse with it takes at least twice as long to get over and sometimes even longer than that, as opposed to a mutual breakup under quote-unquote normal circumstances. Anything that involves this type of abuse is magnified, and it takes a lot longer to recover from because you have a codependency trauma here. So a mutual divorce, you'll lose some friends, you know, like people take sides, and the same thing will happen when you're divorcing a narcissist, but the narcissist will make sure that they take everything from you that they can, so...
0: So that it's it's just it, that much more destructive than even just the usual um, difficult. Yeah,
1: exactly. It adds a whole other layer to the divorce and the pain, and especially if there's children involved.
0: Yeah, so I just want to remind people that I'm Catherine Miller, and you're listening to Divorce Dialogues. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 530. And we're also available as a podcast on the podcast website, www.divorcedialogues.com, as well as wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm talking today with Lisa Cheatham about divorcing or breaking up with a narcissist and how difficult that is. So, you know, it sounds like um, it's part of the difficult breakup relationship, the narcissist could do sort of gaslighting you know, of the other person. So making it seem like they're the one who has something wrong with them and manipulating the situation so that they feel somehow or other like they've gone crazy. Is that right?
1: Yes, you're spot on with that. Absolutely. With a narcissist, what's so important to them is people's perception of them. And them really being on this pedestal and having this perfect world, this perfect life. And when going through a breakup, they will do anything to save face. And it doesn't matter how long you have been with them, how many children you have with them. It's all about them and how people view them. So this really is extremely difficult because the other person is really heartbroken and it's a struggle. It takes a long time to finally come to a decision if you're the one doing the breaking up to do this. And then that adds so much more stress and pain to separating from this person and divorcing. It's just, and, and they can rip the bandaid off. So it really depends on who's
0: doing the breaking up. So do narcissists break up?
1: They, do- oh, yes. Narcissists will break up with you. When they're done with you, when there's no need for you anymore, when you're not supplying them with something that they need, if they have no use for you anymore, it doesn't matter how long you've been with this person. They can rip that band-aid off and not look back for the other person. I mean, you can imagine how devastating that is and how hard that is to just comprehend in your mind. How could you just move on? How could you just separate from this relationship like this. I mean, it's extremely painful. They don't even think twice about it. There's no remorse. And it doesn't matter, you know, what's involved, the children or anything.
0: So what is involved for children of a family where one parent is a narcissist? I mean, during a breakup, is there parental alienation or any other kind of manipulation that happens in the parental relationship?
1: Yes. So... A lot of times co-parenting will be non-existent. If they're the ones who feel wronged, this can be even worse. The co-parenting piece is just not there. They will take the kids and, you know, do their own parenting however they see fit. They will not communicate with the other partner. They will actually cut you out as if you never existed and they will manipulate the children or at least try to. And have them take sides and tell stories and just do really damaging things with the children, which is sad. Because, again, they're not thinking about anybody else but themselves. It's about making them look good and even to the kids, no matter how painful it is for the children to hear that or to go through this. It's really hard for them to step into someone else's shoes.
0: Yeah, I think you said impossible. Right. So, Lisa, what do you do to help women who are divorcing a narcissist? deal with all of this. It sounds impossible and heartbreaking. What is it that you do to help them process and and strategize for the best possible result?
1: Yeah. So the recovering and rebuilding part really takes a commitment from the person who is going through this. And it's so hard to see the light. So it's really about taking very small steps and creating small habit changes and building them on top of each other over a period of time. And for each person, it's different because some people can handle a little bit more and take on more, and some people really need to take the baby steps. But the first thing is self-care. You need a really good self-care regimen. You have to do things that fill you up, that that fill your bucket now. You are so busy filling somebody else's bucket. You have to do things for yourself and start making you know, um, lists of things that you love doing or that you used to do and that you stopped doing because of this relationship, but really start taking care of yourself, doing things you love that are going to make you happy. It if, could if be anything. It can just be going for walks in nature or, you know, doing a yoga class, just starting to incorporate more great things into your routine and, You have to set really firm, loving boundaries around your life, around everything, because now you have to really put yourself first. And these boundaries are so important to stick to. And theres I have a great boundaries video that I can send to anybody also who wants. It's a free video, but it's just really important to start setting these really loving boundaries around your life. Another key, and this one is a tough one for a lot of people, is forgiveness. But forgiveness, how I view it, is really about healing yourself and not so much about the other person. So we work on forgiveness and, you know, forgiving yourself. Because a lot of times you blame yourself and you have really second-guessed your own decisions and choices you've made. And so really diving deep and forgiving and just letting go. This takes time, but it's really a very effective tool for forgiveness. You also really, it's very important is to try and block as much contact when you're starting your health regimen, your self-care regimen, to block as much contact as you can with the narcissist because they will constantly bring you back down it's really their mission to make this as difficult as possible.
0: Well, I think I have a number of clients in the past who when they are in contact with the narcissistic spouse then are driven crazy and start screaming and yelling and then the narcissist says, "See? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> You're crazy."
1: <laughs> exactly, because now they know what buttons to push and how to get you there and And it makes everyone else like, oh, yeah, you're right, but there's so much involved in the self-care and these boundaries, but yeah, that's what they want to do. They want to make everyone else think that you're crazy, you see what I had to deal with, and it's it's really hard, but it's manageable if you have the right support.
0: I'm Katherine Miller. This is Divorce Dialogues. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 530. And we're also available as a podcast on divorcedialogues.com and Apple Podcasts and other popular podcast apps. And I'm talking today with Lisa Cheatham. She's a transformational life coach who specializes in working with high achieving women transitioning through the divorce. And we're talking about divorcing a narcissist. And Lisa, how did you end up getting into this work?
1: Well, I was with a narcissist in a abusive <laughs> relationship for, I was married for 19 years and I have four boys with him. And I've gone through this firsthand. And through my experiences, I just felt like there was so much that I could bring to other women in particular, but men as well. And it just became my mission to be there and to stop this cycle, like just to help other people recognize the signs and if you're already in it to, you know, guide you to the best way to get out and the recovery part. I mean, this is the magical part. It's just the recovery and it's just very it's healing work for me as well.
0: Yeah. I can hear in your voice that there's some, you know, personal commitment to the to the work and to the process of helping other people. So Lisa, I want to give people an opportunity to get in contact with you. So how can they, do you have a website? What's the contact information that they can have?
1: Yeah. So um, I have a website. It's called Life Coach Lisa for the number four B as in boys. So Life Coach Lisa the dot com. The so four B is for my four boys. <laughs> <laughs> And they can also reach me via email, which is Lisa. The letter X is in x-ray, the number four and the letter B is in boy again. So that's Lisa X4B at gmail.com. And like I said, I have a free boundaries video. I'd love to share with anyone who is interested in it. It has some valuable information on there on how to set those healthy boundaries. And I also offer a free 60 minute step into your Power Breakthrough Session, which is an hour just dedicated solely to you and to figure out what your goals are, where you currently are, and what exactly is the gap in between that's stopping you from getting there. And this is really a magical session. It's one of my favorite things to do because it's, again, free. It's a complimentary gift that I offer, and you will know exactly what's blocking you from getting to where you're going. And at that point, you can make a decision on whether you want to work with me or take the information and use it on your own.
0: That sounds great, like a very valuable resource for people. So let me ask you this. Imagine that you're divorcing a narcissist and that person is manipulating the children so to not have a relationship with you. Imagine, you know, you've lost your cool a few times and, you know, he's been, proved you to be the nut job he's always said you are is there anything (laughs) that you can do to start to turn the tides to anything to say or act with the say to the children or act with them or you know should you just give up
1: absolutely do not give up your children are being manipulated by a professional and what my advice is Try really hard. I know it's really difficult, but do not talk bad about the children's father or mother, whoever this one is. Bad mouthing the other parent will always backfire, and it really puts the kids in a horrible situation because then they feel like they have to choose between parents, and they're part of each of you. And so if they feel like one parent is bad, and they can feel like part of them is bad. And I think the last thing anything wants is for their children to feel bad about themselves because of a divorce between their parents. So number one, I would say, as hard as it is because it's very difficult, but try really hard not to badmouth the other parents. Continue to be supportive, Try and talk to your children openly. I let my kids ask me anything, and I do my best to answer as honestly as possible without really bad-mouthing my my ex-husband. But I just try and have a very open relationship with them, and they feel comfortable knowing they can talk to me. I also sit down with them and do check-ins. So they don't love doing this, (laughs) or maybe every other week or once a month. But I like to do check ins, whether that's with the four of them together or separately driving in a car when they can't run away from me. <laughs> 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 but it's a great opportunity for them to just ask questions and, you know, just to keep that communication open and that they can trust you.
0: I think that's really great advice. And so, What do you think the first steps are for someone who's thinking about leaving a narcissist in terms of protecting him or herself in the best way possible to make the transition as smooth as they possibly could?
1: Mm. Well, first of all, make sure you have a strong support system around you. Talk to your family, talk to your friends, your close friends, and let them know what you're doing. And tell them that you're going to need their support. You need a really strong support system around you. And if you don't have that, I would say, you know, start with your self-care immediately. Because you're going to need the strength to get through this. Yeah. Um, It's tough. But I'll tell you something. Life on the other side is so peaceful (laughs) (laughs) and free. And it's worth it. But you just, and I would block all contact once you start doing this, if possible. So that means on social media that, you know, if you have kids, it's a little tougher. But I would do things via text message or email. I wouldn't get on the phone because they will manipulate again.
0: So written written conversation, written communication rather than verbal. Absolutely,
1: yes. And be careful what you write.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I wonder, is there any surprises that you... Discovered as you were going through this yourself, or that you've gone through with with clients just in our, our last few seconds, anything surprising that you've learned?
1: I've learned that I thought this was going to be a pretty hard experience to get through, and it was definitely more difficult than I expected. So again, the support is important and the self-care is important and love yourself and be kind to yourself and forgive yourself.
0: And forgive yourself for having gotten into the situation in the first place, not seeing the signs on the wall. Forgive
1: yourself for the decisions and choices because you'll tend to blame yourself for a lot and just be kind to yourself.
0: Yeah. Great. That's great advice. Lisa Cheatham, thank you so much for being our guest on Dialogue on Divorce. It's been a real pleasure to have you.
1: Thank you, Katherine.